Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name is Mike, and it is what is today? I believe today is March fifteenth. I think. No, it's got to be March fourteenth. Wait, today's Wednesday. No, it's got to be March. Yeah, it's got to be March fifteenth today. I think. March 15th is what day it is and yeah I'm on my way to work as usual not as usual because the last several days man I've been allergic like crazy and I'm still I woke up pretty allergic but I'm feeling kind of okay right now it's kind of weird and it's funny because allergies um, really put a damper on your life. I don't know if you're somebody who deals with allergies or worse than allergies. Uh, there are all kinds of things that would be worse, something like rheumatoid arthritis and, you know, of course, other diseases. Uh, I have friends, friends who deal with uh, uh, I think it's MS. Yeah. And, you know, something doesn't go away. Allergies for me is a seasonal thing and it's it's just a blanket over your a blanket over your life for about a month and you're kind of going between uh, feeling bad and then feeling really bad um, day to day and I've had some pretty bad days the last couple of days so basically what it is is I have pollen allergies and here in Japan the cedar trees release their pollen and there is a large number of cedar trees, much larger than there should be um, in Japan. Uh, probably gone over this before, so I won't go over it too much. Anyway, the, the cedar trees, uh, of which there are uh, numerous, um, become brown. You know, they're evergreen trees, obviously, but they become brown this time of year with pollen, and then the wind comes and the warm weather shows up and they just release that pollen and it just blankets everything and there's something like 50% of the population of Japan that's allergic to it and so for a month or so uh, it's just horrible um, runny eyes, itchy nose runny nose uh, sore throat, sometimes congestion, sometimes skin rashes um, just, just a, a general bad time but the funny thing is, because that kind of becomes your life, when you have a, a just a bad day and not a horrible day, a bad day feels like a great day. And that's, what, that's where I'm at today. <laughs> I'm able to get out of the house and, and not worry too much because for whatever reason, my, my immune system is fighting it today and, and keeping things at bay. And I, of course, I take medicine and other things to combat it but today feels like a, a decent day now it may turn out to be bad but yesterday was a bad day Monday was an okay day Sunday was a bad day um, but this year is particularly bad the the pollen count is particularly high uh, in relation to other years um, so that the reactions are more numerous for me 
I mean, usually I'd have a you know bad reaction maybe once every five days, but now it's more like once every three, or sometimes once every you know once every two days. Um, and it really depends on the strength of your immune system and your the level of your health and how much sleep you're getting at that time, and so you know all kinds of factors play into it. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is I feel really great this morning. Part of the reason maybe the allergies. The other reason is. Um, returning uh, to the homeland um, in two days uh, and I haven't been able to see my family uh, or my parents in a very long time um, and I haven't been able to see my little brother and my goodness it's going to be something like eight years since I've seen him uh, and he's home now so it's going to be really nice to spend time with everybody and then I have the concert in New York so I'll get to go to New York and have a little fun there on the tail end of my two week trip I'm leaving in two days I'm really hoping that my allergies are gonna not be as bad in the States we'll see all this talk of allergies is making my nose itch <laughs> uh, yeah so Man, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I know uh, people out there deal with a lot, a lot, a lot worse stuff than I deal with as far as allergies. I'm trying to make my phone holder so it won't shake if it makes so much noise. talking. Wow. Uh, theologically speaking, what's been going on? Uh, <clears throat> last week, what did we talk about? Felt like last week was a decent, a decent podcast. Uh, what, what you don't know is that two weeks ago I, I also recorded a podcast that was so bad uh, that I just decided not to not to go on with it. So I just didn't do a podcast that week. Uh, sorry about that. Um, and then the next couple of weeks there probably won't be anything either as I'll be in the States unless somehow I find a way to, you know, record something while I'm there. Um, which is possible. Mostly, I think I'll be having too much, too much time with my family to worry about that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> let's see. I uh, have not been thinking about theology much because I've been so busy go back and see my family and then getting ready for this concert so I did have a concert on Sunday so three days ago uh, we had a concert and uh, we we sang a Ritter I believe it's John Ritter um, composition or arrangement what have you I think it's actually a composition he didn't write the words but he did write all the music I think it's I don't think it's taken from him uh, but it was um, 
for the beauty of the earth. John Ritter's for the beauty of the earth, which is really beautiful. We were able to do that. That was probably my favorite, the favorite song of mine that we did. Partly because, you know, of course I, I, I try to follow Jesus, and uh, the other part is it was mostly in English, and that made it was much easier for me to, to deal with, because uh, all of the other songs, by and large, were in Japanese. And man, I don't know what it is, but the older I get, well, first of all, I, I haven't been reading Japanese as in the last 10 years as much as I had been reading Japanese in the previous uh, many years before that. Um, and part of the reason uh, is that uh, we stopped going to to traditional worship services. Uh, quote, unquote. Uh, we stopped going to these traditional worship services uh, and that's where every week I would, you know, for 20, 30 minutes, sing hymns in Japanese. And I think that kept my uh, my Japanese chops up, so to speak, by doing that. Uh, in the last 10 years, I just haven't done it as much and it's become more difficult. And coupled with that, um, the fact that my eyesight just isn't as good as it was. Uh, I'm, you know, now 54 and I, I uh, have some farsightedness. The farsightedness means I can't see near, right? Uh, I'm always, yeah, I'm farsighted, which means I can see far, but not near as well, especially very near, right? Uh, I can't see far as well as I could either. Um, but today, it's my eyesight's actually pretty good. I don't know why. Uh, so, yeah, um, reading Japanese is real difficult for me sometimes. Uh, and coupled with that, uh, I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was like in first or second grade. Uh, and so I have some dyslexia, whatever that means. Um, I actually forgot about it after the second or third grade. I never thought about it again until, um, you know, I think one of my, my mom maybe brought it up one time. You know you had dyslexia. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, that's why this keeps happening and that keeps happening. But I know there are people with much more severe cases than what I have. Um, but I do have a problem when I look at uh, consecutive numbers or letters. They can get jumbled up a little bit. Um, and my eyes kind of... It's almost like the numbers are floating on the page. Uh, numbers or letters, sometimes. Um, and that's kind of what has been happening, but I don't know how much of that is... Uh, they call it... They have a good word for it in Japanese. It's called logan. Logan basically means, you know, your, your eyesight's uh, not as strong because you are old. You're getting old. Logan. Um... I'm not sure if it's just that or if I, you know, if dyslexia is one of those things. I haven't really studied it enough to know. Uh, but all of those things together means when I'm trying to read music and, and, you know, remember, when you're reading music, you are simultaneously reading two languages at the same time. The musical language as well as the uh, verbal language, right? And, and you're trying to... Ooh, this is a bad idea. Ah, I'm 
ごめんごめんごめん大丈夫大丈夫おわいくやばおう Sorry, I'm in the middle of traffic and I got stuck in a really bad place. I'm gonna try to get out here if they will let me. These people will stop slowing down. Okay. Anyway, this big truck, I had my nose out in traffic because there's a corner where you can't really see. And usually it's fairly free, so I can just zoom out. But I got stuck there. Once I looked, there was a whole line of traffic and nobody wanted to let me in. And then a truck was coming the, the opposite direction and I had my nose out and I thought he was going to have to stop. But he just scooted by. He had enough room and there was a truck coming the other side and somehow he made it work and it scared the crud out of me. But anyway, I'm all good. Ugh. Cases like that, you wish you were videoing. <laughs> Not really. Um... So, what was I talking about? <laughs> vision, yeah, vision. You know, the older you get, um, the less detail you're able to see. And often I, I think of how merciful that is, right? So, because the older we get, uh, the less beautiful we get in many ways. Uh, visually speaking, for sure, right? And so, in some ways, when you look in the mirror and you can't really see all the wrinkles that are there, it's kind of a mercy if you think about it, you know? It's sort of like having your very own beauty filter that, you know, people use on, on uh, when using uh, Zoom or, or other uh, internet-based video conferencing apps, right? You can you can actually uh, you don't have to do that when you get old because you can see you can see even though you have more and more wrinkles you can see fewer and fewer of them you have less and less ability to see them which is a mercy right which is a mercy and it's a shame that good vision is often wasted on on focusing only on the details um, uh, whereas good vision um, could be used for so much more and I'm starting to, starting to talk metaphorically I suppose um, but it's not only metaphorically let's see where it goes anyway <clears throat> so it's a mercy to be to not be able to see the flaws in other people and I think there 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 is a way to get there there is a way to get to the point where you you uh, less frequently see flaws in other people right uh, now it's great to have really good vision so that you can see your own flaws and the reason it's good to be able to see your own flaws is that your flaws are the only ones that you can really fix. You have no ability to fix others' flaws. You have the ability, perhaps, to encourage them to fix their own. Uh, and encouraging, too often, uh, probably becomes something more like 
shaming people into fixing their own flaws. Um, but it's it's a mercy. It's 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 less pressure on you, right? If if you are not noticing other other people's flaws, it's less less pressure on you to have to deal with other people's flaws, which as I said, really, you can't. Uh, but it's a mercy for them because you see them as more beautiful, perhaps, as as more appealing and pleasing. Uh, I think one of the one of the reasons that people are meant to live in communities, families, or communities uh, in, in so in you know society is that we can cover one another's flaws, right? I can make up for your flaws with my strengths and you cover my flaws uh, with your strengths, right? And, and that, makes, that makes a group of people more complete. And that's how people work out anyway, if you think about it. When you have a city, let's say you, you take 100 people and you throw them into a field and say, okay, you gotta live in this field. What would happen is people that know how to do certain things would do those things, and and you would get a lot of um, diversity in the jobs that people do. Uh, perhaps one person is uh, capable of clearing the land, is capable of felling trees, for example. Another person is capable of uh, building homes out of those trees. Another person knows about farming. Another person uh, knows about taking care of animals, um, ranching, for example. Uh, another person knows how to hunt. Another person knows about uh, which uh, of the vegetation in the nearby forest is edible. And so people tend to start falling into those jobs. And even if there are two people uh, that are good at one job, if it's a big enough job, of course, they can work together. But if not, the other person will have a secondary uh, thing that they're good at. And it'll just work out. You know, okay, you do that, I'll do this. And maybe we'll trade later. And as long as people are, are humble and willing and, uh, and want to uh, help one another out, uh, you can really become a complete society in little or no time. Can begin to take on, uh, take on the uh, the earth where you're at to subdue the earth, uh, as talks about in Genesis, as it's as is talked about in Genesis, uh, and that's just because we're humans, and that's what we're wired to do. We're wired to to get going, to to solve problems, to to work together, right? And really, I, I think. One way you could define define sin is sin is is that that thing that that comes between people and makes them unable to live together, work together, uh, trust one another, take care of one another. That's that thing that comes in and and really makes it difficult for people to live together and and flourish together. You know something that that destroys human flourishing. I think you could 
you might argue that that's what that's one definition of sin um, and really anything that comes between people could be sin I mean any anything at all that that causes one person to refuse to work with another person no matter which person did that thing that would be sin and I think righteousness is just the opposite righteousness are the things that bring us together that help us to uh, work side by side uh, to live side by side to, to prosper side by side and sin is the thing that, that throws people out of your society um, I think that's a fairly good definition of what sin would be how did I get there? I started on, oh, I started on a vision. And, and uh, yeah, getting, becoming nearsighted or farsighted as I get older. I'm always confused on that. But, yeah, I think I'm farsighted. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know, I think that's kind of interesting at least. A little interesting. Um. Sometimes great vision is a curse. Uh, and of course, when we talk about vision, a person with vision, a person who can see uh, the future in, in one way, shape, or form, uh, and, and can anticipate what's going to be needed or what's going to happen, uh, yeah, that can be a blessing, but can, it can also be a curse for the person who has to bear that responsibility because... Not everybody sees it. Not everybody can see what you see. Uh, and not everyone's going to listen to you either. Uh, even if you have that, that particular skill set uh, of anticipating the way the world might go. Uh, or, you know, when I say the world, I mean your world, your context. Uh, and warning people about it. Uh, not everyone is going to believe you, right? It's too hard. It's it's too abstract. And besides, it's in the future, and a lot of people just want to worry about the now. These visionaries were called prophets uh, in the Bible. These were people who, um, for better or for worse, uh, seemed to be able to know that there was doom ahead and almost always it was about doom it wasn't about promise although of course God worked his promises in there when uh, when these um, prophets wrote wrote down what, what, what they thought God was saying and I'm not sure they always got it right and I've, I've had this conversation many times I think if you use Jesus as a lens to enlighten uh, the true words of God in the Old Testament, um, I think there's a lot that God said, um, or a lot that God agrees with. But I think also it, it brings to light the places where the God of the Old Testament looks nothing like Jesus, and, and that's, that's called cog cognitive dissonance. where things don't 
don't line up, don't measure up, don't add up, however you want to look at it. Um, I don't want to get too far into that. Yeah, so, vision. I don't know if you can look at your life right now and figure out where you have great vision, uh, also known as knowledge or understanding, uh, and whether or not you're using it in a positive way or a negative way. Are you a person who can see what's truly going on, but... Uh, has a way of conveying that truth that is not kind, uh, that is negative, that's not helpful. And how can you change the way that you deliver that message? Because really, packaging is everything, right? Packaging is everything. Packaging makes all the difference. Uh, When you have a great product, but horrible packaging, the product just doesn't look as good as it could have. Right? This is one of the things that Apple has figured out, right? The company Apple has a good product, and they decided they wanted great packaging, and people really look forward to that packaging. I do. I did more in the beginning than I do now. This has kind of become, you know, whatever. It's it's normal now but at the time it was just like incredible nobody had packaging like Apple did now pretty much everybody has it like Apple does people have figured out some really cool things and ways to do it I guess um, so you may have wonderful knowledge and, and understanding about the future but a, a horrible delivery system that really compromises the very message uh, that you wish to, wish to convey. Uh, and I think that's the case with evangelical Christianity today. Uh, I, think, I think if you asked most evangelical pastors to re really boil down in one sentence what the gospel is, I think almost all of them would get it right. The problem is that message, that life-bringing message is packaged in such a way that brings suspicion and doubt to the message itself. Now you might say, well, it can't be any other way, can it? I mean, it's always going to be in a human package. Humans are always going to have something to do with uh, how, it is, how it is delivered, and, and you would be right. Uh, in fact, humans are the uh, one of the main delivery systems for the gospel. I said one of the main because I think I think the gospel is is preached in all kinds of ways. I think nature preaches the gospel. I think, uh, yeah, everything involved in nature I think preaches the gospel. I think logic preaches the gospel. I think there are a lot of things uh, that that preach the gospel, not just humans, but I think humans uh, are the main chosen uh, vessel to portray the gospel message to those who need it the most. So yes, it's always going to be humans, but 
we can improve the packaging, can't we? Uh, and and mainly what that that's what this podcast is all about. It's it's about getting down to and figuring out what is good theology, right? What is good theology? What what is a healthy way to think of the divine that reflects the gospel? Because so many of us, and, and I'm included, I, I had a horrible theology, right? I had a horrible theology. I, I thought, sure, God, God is sovereign, and therefore God can do whatever he wants, and just because God does it, it makes it right or righteous. That morality does not apply to God. God is above morality. That God does not have to live by the standard that he, he asks us to live at. Uh, and basically, I had a Calvinistic idea of God, and and this this sovereignty is basically a uh, this um, theology of sovereignty, the sovereignty of God is basically a a way to gag all critics, right? It's a way to gag all critics, and what that gagging does is it also uh, covers up the sins of the church and Christians over the years. Because we say that God told us to do it, or God said to do it. This is God's way. This is what God wants. Uh, And, you know, who are we to stand in God's way? And so it's been a way for us to cover up atrocities and and all kinds of uh, sins against humanity by saying God is sovereign and we just we, we are his instruments and oftentimes we became his instruments of wrath uh, and and what happened was bloodthirsty people clothed in the protection of the church were able to destroy with impunity if I'm using that word right this is probably the first time I've ever used that word right were able to do what they wanted while being covered by the church, they were able to basically be uh, antichrist. I said basically, but I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, wow, I've really gone off on a tangent this time. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Good theology, right? Theology that is in line with the person that we find in Jesus Christ, who is the perfect image of the invisible God. Theology that we've discovered in the Gospels, especially, uh, and in other places in the Bible, uh, which, which is found in the person of Jesus Christ, that theology is what's going to be the best packaging for the gospel. Good theology is good packaging for the gospel message, right? So if you are clothed in Christ, truly clothed in Christ, which I hope to be someday, then the message that you bring will be in a much more pleasing package. Will it ever be perfect? Probably not. Not in this life. 
not in this life. Um, but evangelical Christianity needs to take a good hard look at itself and see that its packaging, the package in which the gospel is is supposedly being delivered is so horrendous that it's damaged the message. It's damaged the message. Uh, and the packaging needs to be improved. Packaging needs to be improved, for sure. Uh, and it's, it's, it's simply done. It's not easily done, but it's a simple thing. Learn who Jesus is do as he did. Learn who he is and do as he did. Live as he did. Love who he loved, which is everyone. Don't be violent. <laughs> That's a big one. If you just take violence out of the picture, right, that you, you neither condone violence nor the threat of violence as a legitimate means of conflict resolution. That's a big one. If you just take that away, if suddenly the church en masse renounced violence, I think you've done 75% of the job, to tell you the truth. Maybe even 90. Uh, but we love violence. We love violence. Yeah, man, I'm not sure how I got to this place, but I, I like the place I got to. I think, um, I think, I think this is valuable stuff. I hope it's valuable stuff. Uh, I am not good packaging yet, not as good as I can be, uh, but I want to be. And one of the things I had to do was to take off that the old packaging of of religion right the evangelical fundamentalist packaging that I was I had to discard or that was over me I had to discard and now all I you know I hope that I am in the process of building better packaging for the gospel it shouldn't stop me it shouldn't stop me from from sharing the good news to, to everyone I meet you know I, I, I think I think there's a lot of grace out there and I think uh, I think people um, need the message even when it's in bad packaging because I think I think they'll see once they see the the real message, I think they'll be able to discard the packaging and not worry about it too much. But at some point, evangelical packaging became so overbearing that the gospel message was almost was all but lost. So yeah, anyway, uh, that's that. So we are coming up to my place of worship. So yeah, I'm okay with this podcast. I know it's kind of, I'm not sure that 
what I started talking about relates to where I ended up at all. <laughs> I have no idea if that's the case. Uh, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And thank you guys for uh, putting up with this noisy car. I'm, st I'm in this car way longer than I had to. And part of it's because this trip I'm taking this week uh, has become so much more expensive than I had hoped it would be. And so it's I've not been able to get into a new car yet. Uh, but hopefully sometime in April or May, I will uh, wiggle my way into a, a quieter vehicle. Um, maybe even think of a new a new recording system for podcasts and stuff that's even better quality. I don't know. We'll see. But thanks for listening. Uh, I hope that, uh, hope that you guys will find the gospel in some good packaging somewhere. And if... Uh, Yeah, I, I guess what it becomes is baggage, right? When you when you have to accept the gospel in so much packaging, it, it, it's with too much baggage. You know, it becomes it becomes you know almost like a Russian nesting doll. You know, you get this whole thing, and you're taking off all these boxes and layers and layers and layers, and you get down to the thing, and it's so tiny and in, insignificant. You're like, really, all that for this? I don't think that would be the case. I think once you, dis as long as you discard those layers and you're able to see the gospel, I think it will be, even though it's a tiny thing, it will be more valuable than any anything in the world for you, uh, as I hope it is for me. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.